Hello and welcome to an ad hoc episode of Pod's Law with me, Julius Komorowski, Advocate, being published on Wednesday the 25th of July 2018. This episode is about the decision in Cliff Richard and South Yorkshire Police and the BBC. A week ago, Mr Justice Mann awarded Sir Cliff Richard £210,000 in general damages because of the publicity given by the BBC of a police investigation into an allegation against Cliff Richard, later determined to be unfounded, of historic sexual abuse. There's been some concerns expressed about the implications of the judgment for freedom of the press and regarding the uncovering of sexual abuse. An example of the former concern is demonstrated by the comments of the BBC released after the judgment, which were as follows. This impacts not just the BBC, but every media organisation. This isn't just about reporting on individuals. It means police investigations and searches of people's homes could go unreported and unscrutinised. It will make it harder to scrutinise the conduct of the police, and we fear it will undermine the wider principle of the public's right to know. It will put decision-making in the hands of the police. We don't believe this is compatible with liberty and press freedoms, something that has been at the heart of this country for generations. For all of these reasons, there is a significant principle at stake. That is why the BBC is looking at an appeal. Now, an example of the latter concern that I mentioned is Alan Rusbridger's comment posted on the Guardian website uh, just this Sunday, where he said, Imagine not being able to write about Harvey Weinstein for fear of hurting his feelings or damaging his reputation. Where would the Me Too movement have been without the slow domino effect of one woman after another coming out into public, each one reinforced by the example and bravery of others? In Mr Justice Mann's world, Weinstein would surely have had a safe harbour. Now, I want to say something about the latter point, because I think the implications of the judgment for it are, in fact, quite limited. And whilst I do not offer a view on the prospects of appeal more generally, I think arguments about the potential effects on the investigation and detection of serial sexual abuse are unlikely to lead to a successful appeal. So let's turn to the facts of the case before looking at what the judge decided and why. So Cliff Richard sued South Yorkshire Police for breach of privacy in respect of a disclosure in July 2014 by that force to the BBC of the fact that he was under investigation for alleged sexual offences involving a minor and also because of the disclosure of the date, time and place of an intended search by South Yorkshire Police of his English home. He sued the BBC for publicly disclosing those facts and covering the search in TV broadcasts in August 2014. Cliff Richard was the subject of the police investigation until June 2016, when it was announced that he would face no charge. The case against South Yorkshire Police settled before trial, with them agreeing to pay compensation to Cliff Richard. 
After the trial, in light of the evidence led, Mr Justice Mann concluded that the police hadn't volunteered the information about the investigation for their own purposes. Rather, they only did so because they were concerned that the BBC would publicise the investigation before a search of Cliff Richard's home had taken place. The judge then addressed the legal implications of all this. He asked himself two questions. First, did Cliff Richard have a reasonable expectation of privacy in relation to the information published by the BBC in August 2014? Second, if so, how were the BBC's rights to freedom of expression to be balanced against this? Mr Justice Mann began by observing that whether or not there is a reasonable expectation of privacy in a police investigation is a fact-sensitive question and is not capable of a universal answer one way or the other. But he went on to say that as a matter of general principle, a suspect has a reasonable expectation of privacy in relation to a police investigation. As a general rule, it is understandable and justifiable and reasonable that a suspect would not wish others to know of the investigation because of the stigma attached. It is, as a general rule, not necessary for anyone outside the investigating force to know about the investigation. The fact of an investigation, as a general rule, he said, will of itself carry some stigma, no matter how often one says it should not. He went on, that's not to say that there's an invariable right to privacy. There may be all sorts of reasons why, in a given case, there is a no reasonable expectation of privacy or why an original reasonable expectation is displaced. And he alluded to the example of where there's an immediate risk to the public. And I think he must have had in mind, perhaps, where there was a dangerous suspect at large who had recently or at least had been thought to have recently committed a serious crime of violence. So turning back to the uh, judgment of Mr Justice Mann, uh, he noted that so far as South Yorkshire police were concerned, Cliff Richard had a reasonable expectation of privacy in relation to his investigation. So far as the police were concerned, nothing had happened to displace that. The police did not claim to have any legitimate operational concerns which impacted upon his expectation of privacy. The police did not suggest that this was a case in which they wanted publicity in order to see if others might come forward with similar allegations. And Mr Justice Mann observed that the information was not disclosed by the police to the BBC for good operational reasons but because a BBC journalist had manoeuvred the police into taking that course for fear of the investigation being reported on before the search had taken place. In view of those considerations, Mr Justice Mann held that Cliff Richard did have a reasonable expectation of privacy in relation to the information published by the BBC in August 2014. So what about the second question? What about BBC's freedom of expression? Mr Justice Mann held that their rights of freedom of expression did not outweigh Cliff Richard's right to privacy. And he did so in view of the following matters. 
he thought that the consequences of disclosure for a public individual, such as Cliff Richard, were capable of being very serious. Mr Justice Mann also acknowledged that there was a very significant public interest in the fact that police investigations were taking place into historic sexual abuse, including the fact that those investigations were being pursued against those in public life. But the judge thought that there was no public interest in identifying who the person being investigated was in the present case. So it was in the public interest that we know that there are public that there are police investigations taking place into historic sexual abuse. It's in the public interest that we know that those investigations are being pursued against public individuals. But it's not in the public interest that we know who those individuals are. I think it's also interesting to note that although something of this was raised in cross-examination, there wasn't ultimately advance on behalf of the BBC any justification on the basis that publication might help with encouraging other potential victims to come forward. That was not part of the BBC's case advanced in its final submissions. So let me now return to the initial question that I posed as to the implications for uncovering serial sex offenders. I think it's important to note what occurred in this case. In this case, the police did not believe Cliff Richard's name should be disclosed. They only disclosed that name to avoid earlier publicity that might prejudice their investigation. They didn't think disclosing the name was merited in order to get others to come forward. The BBC did not ultimately argue that such a possibility might form part of the justification for reporting on the investigation. And the judge makes clear that he finds only as a generality that those under police investigation have a right to privacy, and even where the right exists, it might be overridden by other considerations. And I think it's a reasonable implication from his judgment that one possible circumstance in which that might be overridden was where the police thought that publicity should be given so as to prompt other potential victims to come forward. So this was not a case where the name of the alleged offender was publicised in order that others might come forward. Given that, I think it tells us almost nothing as to what the outcome of such a case would be. One further point which I think is worth noting is that in the case of Harvey Weinstein, what initially led to others coming forward was not the reporting of a police investigation, but the reporting of the uh, complaints of the women concerned in themselves. It wasn't that Complaints were made to the police, the police investigated, the investigation was given publicity resulting in further complaints. Rather, a whole series of complaints had arisen, and it was at that point that the police investigation occurred. The case of Cliff Richard against South Yorkshire Police and the BBC isn't concerned with reporting allegations of criminal conduct. Rather, it's only concerned with reporting 
and an investigation into criminal allegations. That's not to say that allegations of criminal conduct can be reported with impunity. There may be issues of the law of defamation. But so far as the law of privacy is concerned, the case of Cliff Richard simply isn't relevant to that. You can find links to the judgment, to the BBC press release, and to the article by Alan Rusbridger in the show notes of this page. The music by Lee Rosevear features here by virtue of a Creative Commons license. For more details, go to the show notes for this podcast. Thank you.